Here at Adapt Nation, we're all about helping you pragmatically improve and optimize your health, strength, and mindset inside and out. In this episode of Adapt Nation, episode number five, Bryn and I spend the first 10 to 15 minutes just talking all things the gram. That's Instagram and oh, the craziness of the fitness community on that platform. It is just mind-blowing. Um, we have a bit of banter, it's a little bit of fun. We then move over onto the key topic of today, which is fasting. So we touch on three questions. Question number one, what is fasting? How does fasting work in your body? Um, and what science is there to support that? We then answer question number two, which are, what are the benefits? And the answer is there an overwhelming amount of great benefits. And then lastly, question three is, how do I plan and execute a fast? And we talk through a couple of different approaches that you can go about doing this, whether it be intermittent fasting or longer term multi-day fasting. We hope you enjoy it. I love, I love the idea of what it can bring, right? Mm-hmm. 800 million users of it. It's clearly the platform to be right now. Everyone's on it. Low barriers to entry. Um, it's, it's great. But and, and I love what we're doing, right? Fitness, mm. wellness, strength, nutrition. But as you kind of pop into the into the world of fitness on Instagram, mm. you start like, poking around and go, okay, who should I follow? Yeah. Oof, man, I there, think... there is just so much. One, there's a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Two, there's so much, so much narcissism. Yeah. Like, how do you break free from that? And how do you not, <laughs> how do you not do it yourself? Because yeah. what, what, what is popular clearly isn't always what is good, right? It's yeah. like what people want to see is the shit I don't like. I mean, I'm struggling, man. <laughs> have you been practicing your selfies for it? Or? Well, you've seen it. I'm, yeah. start, I'm starting uh, to get it. You have to, right? Yeah. People, people need to see this shit. Yeah, I almost feel like, I, I know what you're saying, because I almost feel like I need to do a selfie and, and body <laughs> shots to be on Instagram, especially if we're trying to get a following or something. So to me, I feel like that's what I need to do. And I, I don't know. I, no, I it just doesn't sit comfortably with me doing you're that. You're going to need to, man. We, need to. Know, I'm going to force you to do we it. we got to show that we you know, <laughs> walk the talk. Exactly. So... Um, but yeah, I think, it, I mean, I love the platform in itself. I think it's a great platform. Um, for me, I just find that the, the visual aspect is, is um, perfect in, in terms of you just go on and have a little binge. It's, it's just easy, isn't it? It's just easy. Do you enjoy consuming it? Um, it is probably the, out of all, all the things that I use, and now I'm using it more because I'm now trying to use it for a benefit of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But before then, I was, I was poking in, into the, the site pretty much or onto the app every day. Yeah. Yeah, because it's easy. It's an easy consumption thing. And once you've got a level of um, people to follow, so, you know, you're hitting a, a good number where there's mm-hmm. enough kind of difference between the images. Yeah, I, I quite enjoy it. And it's, it's funny because as much as I, I want our Instagram to be about you know, our business yeah. and about, you know, the value of what we're bringing. People don't come to Instagram for mm-hmm. value. No, they come to Instagram is. for either something shocking, something relatable, something beautiful. Yeah. Right. And um, that means, <laughs> it does mean the selfies. It does mean, you know, good photos of food. It probably means memes from time to time. 
and it like silly things like you know you got to look at your feed mm. and you got to think someone's going to scroll through your feed in a few seconds and decide whether they like you or not mm. so does it flow well does it have the right kind of images is yeah. there too much text-based stuff um is it salesy or mm. is it artistic there's is it interesting it, yeah. or is it boring? I mean, it's it's quite a minefield, man. Yeah. I like it. If you if you start um, following the right people on Instagram, I think it can be it's, it's such an interesting platform. Some people do have some really nice pages, like say you can go on there. It flows well. It's consistent. The videos are good. The pictures are good. Um, and I think that you know, personally, that's what we need to do. I think is just make sure that our pictures are good quality because really Instagram is up in their game. I mean, everyone now is actually putting out some really you know good pictures. And I think, you know, it, that's the platform. Yeah, you put a ropey, you put a ropey picture up, people. It's yeah, just, it's you've just got going to turn people pictures, off, right? you, that, yeah. um, you know, some people put up some amazing pictures, and they're not even photographers, you know. They're just using their camera phone. But, on the iPhones, yeah, I know. But the camera's now amazing on, on yeah. the iPhones, so we've got the tools to do it, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. And, and think about it this way, right? So I, I don't want us to be, you know, falling into the trap of, doing what's popular to be popular, right? So, you know, all the selfie shots, all the shredded pictures, I mean, yeah. I've got to get shredded first, but, you know, all the shredded yeah. pictures, you know, the, the the endless look at me content. Yeah. But if you think about it, I mean, I'm following a whole bunch of bodybuilders and people that are leading this space. And the guys that seem, I don't know, the guys that want to have the biggest following, mm-hmm. And the ones I'm probably the most interested in are, are the people that just do a ton of photos of themselves because yeah. there's something, there's something, I don't know, um, you just want to peer into someone's life. Yeah. And you, you know, I'm following that Sadiq bodybuilder guy mm-hmm. and he's got something like 2 million followers. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And the majority of his stuff yeah. is videos of his him doing just, you know, basic little workouts. Yeah. Um, or just pictures or pictures of cars and each photo probably gets like 500,000 likes it, it's just so ridiculous but I, as much as I'm going yeah it's not very different or new or particularly interesting is it, is it real, it's because say? it's him and he's got 2 million followers mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what he puts out people are going to like it and secretly I kind of like to see what he's putting out there even though so is it quite raw? Is it real? Because that's that's another thing. Because you want to make good content, but you want to make it real and relatable. And that I think that's the hardest thing, is making the content look good. But again, you you know, you got to put up your worst days as well, and you got to put up a picture. You know, if you have a zip in your face or something, you're just gonna put that up as a picture because that's real. You don't want to put up these perfect shots all the time. Um, because that's not relatable. And kind of like what you're saying, you want to peer in, you want to see actually what's real and look into his life. There's something attractive about that. I don't really know what it mm. is exactly, but there's a few pages I've been on. I don't know how they're making it seem more real, but it is. And it makes me want to like follow them way more than if it's like perfect shots. So it's, it's quite interesting how to get that balance. And then um, I was looking at some of the top fitness influencers, and I don't remember all of the names, and I should. Uh, but we're following a bunch of them now on yeah. Adam Nation. Calisthenics? Is that what it's called? Calisthenics. Yeah. yeah. That seems to be massive on Instagram. Yeah. People doing these massive, really yeah. dramatic shots of themselves in random positions. Is, um, so you're talking see, about see, all the body weight, sort of bar, yeah, yeah, bar yeah. work in, in but the parks. You stuff. can do some great photography of yeah. that because some people are doing these, you know, 
one hand mm. kind of handstands with their feet splayed and you know beautiful shot with like a nice kind of background and these things are just going crazy so mm. I, I, I'm just reflecting on this and you know I'm thinking about okay we've got to get our following up because it's important right Instagram is important people need to know we exist and they need to like what we, we do our stuff out there, don't we? but what what are the mechanisms right mm. we've got to we've got to hashtag the hell out of everything uh, we've got a lot you know we've got to play the game we've got to like everyone's stuff right and I'm not gonna not. I'm not gonna like stuff I don't like, but I've got to actively go find stuff I do like. Yeah. So there's engagement. We need yeah. to engage with all the likes and all the comments that come through, um, and we need to take some guidance from these either mega stars, two million odd followers, or these kind of up and coming guys that still might have a couple of hundred thousand mm. followers, and you know they're just letting you into their life and they're doing beautiful photography. They might have you know actual. Um, photographers doing their work, you can see some of them do, um, but it's less about less about words and it's more about mm. clear, clean images, and attractive videos. images. Yeah, I'm, I'm just fascinated by it, man, and I want I want our Instagram to blow up, and I'm sure it will. Yeah, because uh, we're going to do everything we can in our power to bring value. The only thing I noticed with um, sorry, the only thing I noticed with Instagram is the the fluctuation between followers, like you've got a certain amount of followers and the next day you, you could have lost like 10 followers not because I don't think you've done but it's just the nature of Instagram isn't it? It's follow follow me back yeah, it's culture like... right so we're putting stuff out there and people are liking it but mm. you know, the reality is do we have a core set of people that are there purely because they're interested in adaptation and what we're putting out probably not mm. I reckon across you know only the couple of hundred odd people that we've got so far because we only started a couple of weeks ago I'd say probably only half of those have some active care in what we're doing. Yeah. And the other, they're weaning themselves off. They're following with the view that we're going to follow back. And if we don't within a, a day, they, they cut us back off. Yeah. So that's fine. But the thing that I think is going to change the game for us, and I've got some got some ideas already in the offing, is the way you build your following, it, unless you're famous mm. or unless you've got massive PR, so you know, you've just won a massive competition or you know you're on a magazine or you're on the radio or yeah you're generally in the general public is you need to use the insta kind of influencers people that have hopefully in our space a large following and you know work with those to, to find a way for them to speak to their followers about what you're doing there's a bit of a shout out yeah that i think is going to change it for us because we need pr and we need pr for people who have you know, a huge following i've got some guys in, in the offing who've got a couple hundred thousand followers, I think they might be able to help us out. Yeah, it's, it's all about building relationships, isn't it, with the right people in the industry, um, people that we've learned from, isn't it? So, it's exciting. Do you, do you know do what, like... Sorry, do you know what pissed me off, though, of Instagram is the people that want a follow back, so then they comment on your video saying, nice picture, and you're like, it's not even a fucking picture. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do, do you get? Have you seen that? There's there's do one so there's one there there's that? something there's something apparel. Right. I, won't, I won't give the full name of the person, but something apparel, and with everything that we post, yeah, this person or robot or whatever <laughs> it is puts out a comment, and it says check out my bio every single time, and with pretty much every photo we yeah. are getting this same person with maybe a slightly different. Um, name, but you can see it's the same person, it's the same language. Do you, do you reckon it's a robot then, or something that's might, sort of automated? There's to... definitely robots. There's, I know there's definitely almost uh, like call centers okay. set up in like um, cheaper kind of call centery locations, and they have just got like hundreds of machines yeah. up and running, 
and anyone who's posting, they're liking the hell out of it with the view that you're going to like them back and you create you create that momentum for them yeah. as well. It's, it's, uh, a, it's a fickle, did, fickle place, it's it Instagram. Is. And you've got to, one, add value, and two, you've got to not get overly emotional about the people dropping off because they're probably only what happens, isn't it? jumping on your your, your yeah. follow to see if you can get one back, right? Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep putting stuff out, keep putting our shameless selfies up. But <laughs> the, the social platforms are, you know, they have to be the lifeblood of Adapt Nation yeah. because they really have to be the lifeblood of any any modern company today or old company transforming, you, you've got to be on Facebook in a meaningful way. You've yeah. got to be on Instagram in a meaningful way. Uh, you've got to be on YouTube. Mm. You've got to do all of these things. And uh, as much as it's quite overwhelming for me, you yeah. know, the last couple of weeks has been really a bit of a mindfuck, just trying to work out what to say, on what platform, at what time, not be, over, uh, be overburdensome mm. and understand what you can put on each platform because each platform offers a different uh, experience. Yeah. People go to it for a different experience. Yeah. You have to work within the expectations the users have Mm. on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. It's fascinating. And I think if we can get this kind of, but the marketing and engagement model right across YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, it's going to be exciting. It's just a bit of a skill, isn't it? Social media. And listen, guys, look out for all the selfies and uh, the the naked selfies from Britain in the weeks to come. And your dodgy pink uh, quarter length <laughs> trousers. I've seen them. <laughs> Saw that in your your last video. Uh, I, I used to wear the <laughs> I used to wear the same gear almost every single day going into the gym because it's my own gym, right? I don't. I don't no one can see me yeah now because I'm putting videos out <laughs> and photos. I, I feel the need to you know up the game and the diversity in <laughs> yeah, clothing yeah. and the thinking that now goes into what clothes I'm going to wear to go to my own gym yeah. in, in my garden yeah. is, is ridiculous but hey it's all in, it's all in the spirit of Real Instagram watching, mate. Real watching. <laughs> <laughs> right come let's get on to it man cool so um, obviously we're talking about fasting today guys so the three questions that we most commonly see which are what is fasting what are the benefits of fasting and how to fast? So these are the three questions that we're going to cover off today. So, um, Steve, you start off, like, what is fasting? What's your opinion and views on that? So, I mean, before I jump into that, I think let's, let's just address the fact that fasting is now, air quotes, popular, right? Yeah. I, whilst I've not been in this industry as a, an industry participant, mm-hmm. I've always been engaged in fitness. And fasting has not really been a thing that has been on my radar up until maybe two, two, three years ago. Um, and I think most people will agree it's been it's been overpopularized, but for some good reason. Really, fasting I think is mostly associated to uh, religious um, ceremonies yeah. or, or practices, and maybe it's political to some degree. But yeah, yeah, fasting as a as a means for performance or health benefits is relatively new yes um so it's, it's almost becoming a trend isn't it which is you don't want to call it a trend because there are some seriously good health benefits but it almost seems as though that's or i feel that this is going to be like almost a new trend coming through and you're going to see a lot more people doing it yeah i mean you think about fasting you think about keto uh, diets the paleo diet i mean paleo is very different but mm. keto and fasting they're, they're, they're very, they've got a lot of momentum behind them. Yeah. Let's talk about why. So 
in my mind, you asked me what fasting is. In, in, in my mind, fasting simply is um, the elimination of food for a period of time such that you your body depends less on the consumption of glucose mm-hmm. that creates blood sugar, that has your whole body, your organs, your brain operate. Yeah. Um, fast yourself off glucose, because that's what most food then breaks down to, <clears throat> and leverage your body stores. So in, in my understanding of this is you've got three main kind of uh, energy stores within your body. You've got the use of glucose, which is the primary fuel that we use, especially in today's society where we're always eating. Yeah. Um, then you've got lipids or, or fats as yeah. a, a your fat stores as a means to um, keep your body alive should you fail to have glucose. And then you have proteins. Um but your brain, as an example, the, one of the most important um, you know, parts of your body is your brain, and that to keep that alive, that has a, a absolute critical dependency on glucose. Yeah. So if, if you are fasting, naturally your blood sugar is going to drop to very low, and you're not going to have a lot of glucose, or you're then going to have no glucose if you mm. fast for long enough. Yet your body and your brain, specifically your brain, needs glucose to operate. So the body's amazing. It finds a way to convert protein that's in your muscles into glucose, Mm -hmm. for example, glucogenesis. Um, And it can also work with fats using ketones and, again, a a conversion back to give the brain the glucose it needs. So it's fascinating. So fasting is elimination of food for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really sorry. Cool. Really, to kind of deplete your so the glucose when it's stored in your muscle is called glycogen, isn't it? So when you deplete your stored energy, the glucose that's within your muscle, so your glycogen. Soon as you deplete that, that's when you your body starts switching to another almost really an energy source, isn't it? Which you're talking about. Yep. Um, and that's where sort of we start building into a ketosis phase where our body uses the the fats from our body and turns that into our main source of energy as opposed to using the sugars and the glucose or the glycogen which is the stored glucose and then there's a couple of different ways you can fast so you can either do the uh, a longer term fast which is anything over i'd say a couple of days so two days up to 20 days without food no food at all literally just water and i know most of you most of you guys are listening again no fucking way can I go a day without food, let alone many days. And surely that's a bad thing for my body. Well, here's the thing. Um, There there will be a reduction in vitamins C, D and E because you won't be consuming those, but that's not critical. The rest of the body actually slows down in fasting. Um, It uh, switches to these different energy stores Mm -hmm. and it finds a way to preserve itself in a period of abstinence and it's a beautiful thing right the average i don't know say the average 170 pound male for example will have probably 10 to 15 kilograms of lipid lipids Mm -hmm. or or fat stores body fat stores and that will be almost exclusively the energy that you rely on in a period of not having any food and it burns slowly and it and it gives a whole bunch of benefits we'll talk about. So there's that. And then if you think about, I don't know, um, there, there was a there was a study on um, the emperor penguins. Yeah. The emperor penguins, when 
uh, when the the dude <laughs> is sitting on the egg for months on end. Uh, I think it's up to four months, and they can't move because they've got to keep the the egg warm in in the in, in in the freezing cold. So they're sitting there for up to four months with no food, and their body just adapts. They they use their their fat stores, and ninety six percent of their energy to keep alive is their fat stores, and they only use four percent of their proteins, which is critical. Proteins yeah. are in every muscle, including your heart, and if you're going to start eating away and being catabolic on those proteins. Uh, through time, um, if you get under fifty percent of pr- your protein stores, basically you're knocking on death's door. Yeah. So your body's so adaptive that it says, if I don't have food, I'm going to use a bit of protein and a bit of fats. But it finds a way to leverage mostly your fats, which are a resource you can just keep burning. Yeah. As the proteins you want to cling onto because it's the lifeblood of all your muscles and organs. Well, that's that's the thing, isn't it? it, it your your body's almost got this mechanism to deal with starvation, hasn't it? So, it, like you say, it preserves your muscle and actually burns your, your uses your fats as energy. So that is in itself is an amazing thing that our body can do. It just adapts. But I mean, we're very similar. I think I don't know how closely linked we are to the, the mechanism that penguins have. But that's almost the same as what happens to us, isn't it? Basically, we 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 try and prioritize using fat as our fuel source as opposed to using the protein from a muscle. Certain point for survival. And I, th- I think we, we need to acknowledge this, that whilst the science supports that we can go without food, mm-hmm. I'm sure most people would think about this idea of going on long-term fast as unattainable. Hell no. Something mm-hmm. I, I just simply can't and don't want to do. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense. The re- but you've got to understand uh, understand how humans evolved we evolved where food wasn't really available right and it would come come around as and when we're lucky and we could find some food to eat yeah so the body has has evolved to be able to deal with long periods of no food and actually when we're hungry it's not hunger it's actually cravings yeah which i, I find fascinating yeah right so i get hungry all the time every couple of hours i need to eat food but it's not my body needing it because I need the energy. It's uh, me partly keeping to a schedule of eating. So habitual, yeah. Yeah. And it's the fact that I've got cravings for these foodstuffs that I've been having all my life that I just need. Yeah. But the reality is there's many, many people that go to uh, 48 hours, 72 hours, even like a week, even longer, up to mm. 20 odd days, with no food at all other than water. And there are some stark benefits that we'll talk about in a second, but... Yeah, it is something to consider. But if the idea of what we're saying is multi-day fast, which is one of the options of fasting, yeah. isn't attractive, there's a second option which is intermittent fasting. Yeah, and we're going to speak about how to do intermittent fasting. But effectively, it's not eating for the majority of the day and having a feeding window within a day where you consume all your food. Yeah, and we'll talk about the reasons why that might be. Yeah, useful. that's a little bit more of a flexible way of doing it, I suppose, isn't it? So. Um, okay, cool. So I think we covered everything off on what is fasting. So now let's move on to the next one. So what are the benefits of fasting? And we're talking about both short and long term. So um, what do you think the benefits are? Well, I, why don't you, you hit on the benefits, but then there needs to be a disclosure here, mm-hmm. which is the research behind fasting isn't particularly complete. Mm-hmm. So we've got to think about the fact that our bodies have learned to fast. Yeah. 
for as long as humans have existed. And we've leveraged fasting in some fairly effective ways in, in some, uh, some studies and some kind of patient treatment. But the reality is that in our modern society where food is so dominant and pharmaceutical companies are so dominant in the treatment of the illnesses, mm -hmm. that there just isn't the funding available for the kind of research to really dig into the benefits of fasting. Now, there's been some anecdote. There's been a bunch of observations over the last 60 years, some fairly compelling mm -hmm. ones. And there's been some recent studies which will blow your mind. But if you think about big research trials, big clinical trials, they require a lot of money. Yeah. They require a lot of, a lot of money. Now, that money typically comes from pharmaceutical companies. And think about it this way. With fasting, there is nothing to sell. There's no product you can you can market. There's no money to be made. Yeah. You can't sell thin air. Yeah. Right? So because fasting really is just saying, don't do anything, don't eat anything, don't take anything, don't take this magic pill or what potion, do, yeah. um, there just seems to be a lack of interest. And not even just a lack of interest. There's a rhetoric um, that goes against fasting because I think there's a lot of, lot of people and or companies that are scared that it, it could actually be more effective than it is and it could uh, suggest the inferiority of yeah. certain products and medicines and stuff like that that we push today. Yeah, I think that's obviously a big problem because to get out in the mainstream, you need to support these big sort of companies pushing you know, the research behind it. And if they're not pushing it out because it's not going to make money, then it's, you know, it's things like podcasting and things like that where you're going to get most of the information from and find the benefits, really. Uh, there's definitely some signs over in the States and over in Russia of um, um, pri some, private investors yeah. or, or even, you know, big, big practices are now, you know, getting some funding and things are moving mm. now with some momentum because yeah. there is undeniable acknowledgement of some of the benefits that have only been identified now. So I think over the next 10 years, we will be much more enlightened about just how effective periodic fast can be to us. But yeah. why don't we talk about what we do know today, right? So... Go on, you, tell me what, what, what you think are the primary benefits. So obviously there's a few benefits that we're talking about. First one is the psychological benefits. Obviously um, learning the difference between craving and hunger. So like you touched on earlier, um, differentiating between the two. Um, your relationship with food and realising you don't always need to rely on food. Making sure that you don't need to have a meal or you can't miss a meal, especially for me. That's quite important because I'm always I'm always eating. I'm always wanting that next meal. So psychologically, that's definitely a benefit to not relying on food so much. And it's almost empowering because you're you're in control. And because I'm currently doing a fast myself for three days, right now I'm in the middle of it. And it, and it feels empowering, the fact that I've got control over this and I've got the discipline and willpower to actually stick to it. So by the end of the three days, I'm going to be feeling pretty good. Um, and I think when I go to eat that first meal, I'm going to really appreciate even simple things like eating vegetables. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. But again, another psychological benefit and time. I mean, <laughs> I must have saved two hours in my day from cooking, eating, washing up, tracking calories and just thinking about food. It's just you just save so much time and that probably in the day just accumulates up to two hours something like that obviously it depends whether you cook or not but this you know getting time back is definitely a big one for me 
I agree. So, so, so the psychological benefit is pretty profound. This idea that I'm not hungry. I've just got myself into the habit of eating mm-hmm. and I feel that there's this this undeniable dependency that I need to go feed myself every few hours yeah. otherwise I'm going to die or I'm going I'm I'm to shrivel yeah. away. The reality is if you can hold to a commitment of not eating for a day, you're not going to die. Actually, you're going to feel more energised mm-hmm. than before and that level of um, comfort that comes from that you can control that is actually pretty empowering. Yeah. I've I've only done a day. Uh, I haven't done more more than a day, but that feeling of okay, I'm in control. I'm traveling. I can just go. You know what? I'm not going to eat today, yeah. and there is going to be no consequence. In actual fact, there's going to be a bunch of health benefits outside of the psychological. Yeah. So psychological big thing. I totally agree. What else you got? Yeah. Um, so obviously, apart from the sort of you know you get mental clarity as well. You obviously you clear your mind. You're not having to think about food, worry about food, spend too much time preparing, and all of that. So apart from that, and, and sort of the, the mental, the positives from that, you've got the general health, which so, is... So on the, on the mental side, it's not just freeing yourself of thinking about food, which I think is a, is a thing, definitely. It's also the fact you are going into ketosis. Well, yes, that's another thing. So you're now running on fats, which is a great way for your, your brain becomes very sharp and switched on. As you know from doing your fast... And then putting fats into your body and caffeine, doing the bulletproof coffee, mm-hmm. um, is an amazing way to kind of really sharpen up your senses. And the other thing as well is, I know when I'm going to get my next meal, but instinctively my brain doesn't. So now my brain is now switched on. Its senses are heightened because it doesn't mm-hmm. know when the next meal is coming. So your brain is now trying to get you from point A to point B because point B might be where your next meal is. So you're almost focused and on the lookout and very sharp and all your senses are heightened. And I definitely feel that now that I feel that my body's kicked into more keto ketosis energy system, as opposed to before I was feeling a little bit groggy, had a bit of a headache. Whereas now I can definitely feel that benefit from that mental clarity, that sharpness. So I don't know how big uh, go, you know, keto diets are. Especially over in the States. Over here in the UK, I think it's still building up uh, some momentum. Mm. But, you know, it's full steam ahead over over in, over in America. And for good reason. For yes. these reasons primarily, right? I know some people are villainizing carbs. I, I, I don't have a negative relationship with carbs. I think carbs are good. Yeah. I think they serve me well in my, my both what I enjoy and the kind of things I do. I do a lot of glycolytic activity. Yeah. That being said, when you go into ketosis... It is, guys, it is It is a sense of euphoria when you first experience this. This idea of your blood sugar le- levels have now normalised with no fluctuation or spiking. Mm-hmm. And because your body's now having to switch that energy store, I don't know what it does, but the brain, as you say, it just loves it. So that there's like this fogginess that you get day to day that you may or may not experience you have. This mental kind of block that... A slowness or a little bit of laziness that creeps in. Yeah. Part of it's your food. When you eliminate both the need to digest the food and you go into, you know, burning ketones, there's this kind of productiveness that yeah. I've never felt before. Every time I do an intermittent fast and I go all morning until at least late lunch without food, I'm on fire. I'm getting 
all my stuff done. I'm getting, I'm working on the hardest things yeah. first. I have the most level of concentration. I have the um, the most level of creativity. Um, I'm a different guy when I don't eat in the morning, and it is it is great. And I wish I could do it more, but I don't want to sign up to do an intermittent fast every day because there is a bit of a stress yeah. in the body. But the mental side, I totally agree, is a, is a biggie. And you don't, you don't like you're saying with the controlling your blood sugar levels and your brain almost favours this way. You you just you don't seem to have this fogginess that's being caused by your dip in blood sugar levels and you're not having this tired it's amazing how much energy you have from fasting are you surprised at how when you first done it how much energy you actually had it's counter it's counterintuitive you think i'm not going to eat so therefore i'm not yeah. going to have the energy and i'm going to feel sluggish and my body's going to slow down and i'm going to be weak and you know some of that does occur but the mental stimulation you get mm. Especially if you if you do this kind of like pseudo fast and you actually ch- chuck in a little bit of coffee with the, the uh, with the fats, wow man, I am I am fired up and good to go in the morning. So I would definitely recommend that if you just want to experience that buzz and that that stimulation and mental focus and sharpness, that benefit there alone, yeah, is worth doing a fast. But there's more. So moving on to general health, then you've got lower levels of inflammation due to uh, giving your digestive system a break because that makes a huge if you think about it i'm now i'm doing a long-term fast well i'm doing 72 hours i've never been on this planet without eating for that long <laughs> how we, that's such a weird thing I was crazy. Say, i've never gone since being born that long without food so my digestive system is and now, you're still here man I know, and you still look still, normal <laughs> exactly i'm still coherent just about but my digestive system getting a rest and it's yes. repairing itself, which means there's low levels of inflammation. Well, so like stop, to... stop. Talk, inflammation, right? That We use that word because we understand mm-hmm. that. But let's pause and just trying to kind of bring that point home. So if you think about continuous consumption of food, yeah, you are continuously putting demand on your digestive tract, your yeah. gastrointestinal tract. Things are always working, you know, from your gut, your stomach, through to the intestine, through to, you know, your livers and kidneys, they're always working. Mm. Um, And think about your body. Your body needs, you know, you need a rest. You don't go to, you don't hit the gym 24-7. You don't stay awake 24-7. You don't work 24-7. But we can't have that expectation our our insides are going to work 24-7. Our gut's going to be working 24-7. So giving it a break, I think, means you can repurpose the energy. But the inflammation piece... And I don't, I don't want to get my soapbox, but there's many foods that we have today that are, are generally just not well suited yeah. to our guts. So our guts are not modernized yeah. to deal with the modern food, you know, the processed and packaged stuff that we eat. And I know we all eat it. I mean, I eat some stuff as well, right? So I know I'm always dealing with some low-level inflammation and some yeah. people are dealing with some chronic bad inflammation that may express itself through lots of gas, lots of bloat. They may have Crohn's disease. They may have... Um, you know, IBS, all that kind of stuff. Mm. But if you're feeling, you know, bloated and gassy after food or you're trumping a lot or um, you generally feel your stomach's not happy, that is inflammation. Your your intestines are inflamed and they're causing some some bad shit to go on inside, some of which which you can either see or feel. Some of it just has a kind of permeating effect on your body just not performing as good as it can do. Yeah, and, and so the inflammation is quite biggie. Yeah, your, body, your your whole GI now is going to be chilling out and normalizing, 
And you're going to see the benefit to, of that when you yeah. re-feed. Re well, like I said, it's the first time in my life it's ever had a chance to recover. And inflammation in the gut and, and the organs and things like this around that area is going to create more visceral fat, body fat as well. Yeah, true. Um, uh, things like gut impermeability. So obviously things are going to leak into your bloodstream through your, um, your lining in your gut, which is going to cause things like autoimmune issues. So... It's just so important that we do think about our... And leak, leaky gut isn't something that just comes from eating normal food. It's yeah. certain foods Trigger. that find a way through your gut lining because effectively yeah. they destroy your gut lining and they, they permeate through. Yeah. Food should not be permeating through your gut and into your bloodstream yeah. unless your body's determined it to do so. Yeah. So when that happens, you can start seeing some, yeah. some pretty... And almost, and, and information can almost open that up and then create spaces for them to get through as well. So that's another thing to... to so fasting lowers the inflammation, yeah. gives your digestive system a break. Yeah. Is there anything else? Uh, elimination of waste products. Um, so it gives your body time to get rid of, of all the acidity in the body, gets rid of everything. Cells get a chance to uh, reproduce. So things like white blood cells, which are actually really important for fighting things like infection. Mm-hmm. Um, help to rebuild your immune system so these white blood cells actually seem to or, or studies have shown that they seem to break down and then you get new white blood cells which is amazing because that's helping your um, immune system so obviously we've got that we've got um if you think about it we've got allergies if if you're now helping your immune system you're improving allergies now and allergies from food Allergies from food, yeah, but obviously if you suffer from other allergies such as, you know, pets and things like this, your your body's going to be better at dealing with that as well. So this is just another benefit that's going to, because obviously your immune system and autoimmune disorders are going to be improved once you've done fasting. So, And let's, let's not say that this is a silver bullet within a couple of days. No. You are fully repaired of all your ailments. You've got but to have a, the point you're, you're making is... If you remove food that your foods that you've got sensitivity to, yeah. for example, for two three days or longer, mm-hmm. um, your body has a chance to recover from that. Effectively, that bombing from a food it doesn't enjoy and it can't process properly yeah. gives it a chance to recover. Um, and you may find when you start to reintroduce that food that you mm-hmm. might have a very acute aware response to eating it and it may be a sign that that food is something you've been dealing with some form of low level insensitivity or inflammation against exactly and and this will help pinpoint where those foods are and what ones you might want to think about kind of reining back a little bit and and also the the next thing i want to or last thing i wanted to touch on before we move on is weight control obviously it's it's one of the it's if you're trying to lose weight, I wouldn't say fasting is the one because you need to address your lifestyle and um, eating habits first because that's long-term. We want to make sure that you're losing weight long-term and not just putting the plaster over it, i.e. doing a fast. Okay, But when you have got your diet right and you've got your lifestyle sorted and then you implement fasting, it is a great tool for burning fat but then also preserving your muscle because obviously as... We go into a fast, our um, growth hormone increases, um, which obviously helps to preserve muscle. Our ghrelin, our hormone that tells us we're hungry, that actually decreases as we get further into the fast. Um, so obviously we're now suppressing these 
uh, this hormone that's telling us to eat and then we're also um, helping to preserve muscle and burning fat so you can see how it's putting you in sort of an optimal state to, to burn body fat and preserve muscle as best as possible so that's obviously a real benefit to fasting but if that's your if you're not looking for optimal health and you're looking for weight loss it's definitely not the place to start I agree. Yeah. Don't don't fast because you've just got weight to lose. Yeah. You should be fasting because of everything else we're talking about in terms of the the body benefits. It's just yeah. a nice a nice extra touch that, you know, you're going to be, you know, losing 2000, 3000 worth of calories per day because you're yeah. not consuming it and your body's using it. So it's a nice little touch on top of all these other things we've described. So, so that's that's general health. Is there anything else so we've hit psychological, mental clarity, General health benefits. What about illness? Yeah, do you want to cover some points off on treating illnesses? You know, again, this, the body of evidence is um, a little flimsy. Uh, there's lots of anecdote and there's some um, specialist hubs over in, over in Russia yeah. and the US which have proven without doubt some of these benefits, but it hasn't had the level of endorsement and study that has kind of really no. memorialized them in stone. But what we're hearing is, for example, um, when you enter into a long-term fast, um, these these centers are observing that within two to three days, many of the symptoms that you may be dealing with, whether it be arthritis, whether it be hypertension, whether it be insulin sensitivity, uh, whether it be diabetes, these these symptoms start to regress and or disappear after two or three days. It's incredible uh, the level of remission mm. people can find uh, find benefit from by just taking two or three days out. In some cases, under supervision, people go as long as 21 days to completely reset their body. Yeah. It's incredible. But there's absolutely some readjustment to your insulin sensitivity. So if you're diabetic type 2 diabetic it may be worth considering this and seeing how your body reacts yeah um as i said you know um, hypertension heart disease arthritis liver disease um all of these have been reported to uh, the symptoms to start to disappear and uh, and or be under control after a period of fasting but the one i find the most most interesting is that there was, this, um, there was some work done by a guy called Walter Longo, who's based in California. Um, and he's an, he's an aging, uh, he's a scientist who focuses on a- aging, right? And that's been his kind of um, discipline for many years. And through some of his study on, uh, on rodents, he was able to observe that when you put these, I think it was mice, through a, a fast and give them chemo, mm. Um, the 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 fasted uh, mice were functioning completely normally, normal energy levels. Their skin and hair was normal. Uh, they they were moving around. Their cognitive function was normal, and then they compared them to um, another set of mice that were undergoing chemo but being fed, and they were just about moving. They were on death's door. Um, most of them died because they couldn't handle the abuse of the, the, the kind of, they give them a heavy dose of chemo. So from that study, they were able to poke a little bit more and they found, they've kind of found, on it, they found themselves um, kind of unearthing a, a revelation, which is when you fast the body, when you eliminate the glucose from the body, um, something beautiful happens. The healthy cells in your body 
um, enter into a protective state. And in this protective state, um, they, are, they, they, they actually thrive. They start recreating new stem cells and they preserve themselves. But the damaged, or should I say mutated cells, the cancerous cells that you may have, they have been mutated to not have this self-preserving protective quality in a fast. Um, they don't have this notion of, I have no nutrients, I have nothing coming in, therefore I'm going to protect myself. Yeah. They, they die. They die. They either they diminish, they, they dilute, or they just completely die. So think about that. You go on a fast, you preserve and have your healthy, healthy cells mm. thrive, yet the bad mutated cancerous cells are reacting negatively, being okay. depleted, destroyed, or, or, or just reduced. So and they're not protecting themselves, the cancer cells. They they, they've they, lost, they, they're through mutation, they've lost this protective quality when there's a lack of food. With a lack of food, they don't have the fuel anymore to proliferate, and therefore they start turning over quicker. Um, and it's just a beautiful mm. thing. So fasting has, we're starting to reach these conclusions that fasting helps turn over bad cells quicker whilst preserving healthy cells. It's amazing. And what they're also saying, um, but again, they're waiting for the clinical trials to be, you know, really rubber stamp this, is that with chemo, that it's now becoming somewhat popular, albeit not endorsed, that if you're undergoing chemo, fast. Because you will see a much better response, much less side effect, much, much, much less brain fog, and um, much more progression through chemo. And there's been... Anecdotally, many people that have undergone that process and felt the benefit on the back end of the chemo, mm -hmm. um, whereas I know lots of people that do undergo chemo and they just do it normally, you know, it can be pretty horrific. Yeah. Oh, yes. of their life. Yeah, not a nice process to go through. That's, so that's amazing. Um, obviously, you're saying it's quite a sort of an anti-cancerous thing to do. Is that what the studies are sort of saying then? Yeah, but as, as I say, I mean, uh, no one's willing to put a stake in the ground and say categorically, if yeah. you've got cancer, you know, go on long periods of fasting because there just isn't enough enough concrete evidence, evidence uh, you know, being um, rubber stamped by many different studies. There's been a couple of studies and there been lots of anecdote and there's been some observations which are linked via, you know, studying of animals, but there hasn't been enough reputable human right. study. Okay. And it's difficult because <clears throat> clinical studies are a function of both, I need enough money, yeah. I need enough the right backer, and is it ethical? Yeah. And is it ethical to play with someone when they're, you know, going through well, the hardship thing, of it? cancer? Yeah. So that's where it's delicate. Yeah. But it's promising research. It is, yeah, I mean, it's worth keeping an eye out for reading into and just seeing what the, the new and latest research is on that, isn't it? So... So, I, I think we've done it right. So we, we've spoken about um, the benefits of uh, the mind, the benefits from a mental clarity and productivity standpoint. Yeah. We've spoken about just the general health stuff that everyone can see the benefit from. And then this really exciting stuff, which is being able to treat or control illness. Yeah. Chronic illness. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that I suppose that leads us on to the last sort of question, which I want to cover off, which is how to fast. Now I want to just get you thinking about if you're well, if you're thinking about fasting, first of all, take your take your time, think about planning the fast. So think about your lifestyle. 
So if you're, let's say you've got sports commitments, just look at your diary and look at your off-season because you don't want to do it whilst you're in-season. Um, if you're in a training phase, for whatever reason, might be a bodybuilding show or something like that, just again, check your diary. If you're a busy housewife, if the kids are off and you know you should be running around manic, then it might not be the best time for you to do it. There might be social commitments in the diary. Just make sure that, like now I'm doing my fast, I just looked in the diary and said, well, if I start Monday, um, Sunday night, that means I've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I've got no social events. Just yeah. take take yourself out of the environment yeah. so you're not in the environment where you can't say no or you are tempted. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I'd say anything like this, whether it's a fast or an elimination diet or something that's fairly aggressive and different from your normal habits, yeah. you, you have to set yourself up for success. Yeah. You try and do this and you haven't thought through the next one, two or three days and you've got things that demand the calories or demand your uh, normality, you know, the normal yeah, yeah. experience of eating, ain't going to work. No. But if you can plan it and you know that you can be in control of... Um, you know, how you come across socially and yeah. your diet and you're not cooking for loads of people and you're not going to get drawn into eating, then, you know, plan it and it might only be a day you do and that's absolutely fine. You get benefits from fasting, whether it's intermittent or whether it's a day or two. Yeah. Uh, three days seems to be a really interesting amount of time to, to do a fast, right? Yeah, it's, it's for me, it's quite a long time because I've only done 24-hour fast. So, again, I had to look at my schedule and go, when, yeah. when am I free... And the other thing is, well, I'm a I'm a yes man, so I don't like saying no to people. Might be a bit of a people pleaser, I don't know. But when I'm around their house, I don't you like are. I don't like <laughs> saying yeah, I don't like saying no. So I'm just, I just don't put myself in that environment yeah. where I want to know someone's going to offer me something, and I'm saying it's good advice. No. Plan ahead of ahead of starting. Okay. Yeah. Um. So there's two practical options if you are considering doing fasting. There's intermittent fasting, which see you do a lot more than I do. Um, where you might do, let's say, a 16-hour or a 20-hour fast. So let's say you have your last meal in the evening and then you just say, okay, I'm not going to eat again till tomorrow lunchtime or tomorrow sort of dinner time, And just give yourself a sort of a day. I don't know. How often do you do it? I mean... So the, the, specifically, the way I do intermittent fasting is because I'm, I'm primarily in, in, in a bulking phase of my training program where yeah. I'm eating more food than my body needs so it can promote growth. Um, I'm maybe a little bit anal about it, but I, yeah. I don't want to go through periods of not eating enough food yeah. because I have a very specific goal. So fasting for me works best on my day off. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I train five days a week, so there's two days off. On one of those days off, I will um, I will just not eat. So I'll, I'll eat at seven o'clock at night or thereabouts mm-hmm. for dinner, and then I won't eat again until probably two two o'clock or thereabouts yeah. in the afternoon through that period i'll either have nothing at all or my favorite is i have a bulletproof coffee which is a combination of you know some caffeine from you know an, an espresso shot mm-hmm. um some coconut oil and some butter or ghee blend that together knock it back doesn't taste great did you put a uh, blog about this the other day it's on our it's on our website and it's on Facebook. Yeah, it's it, and it goes through the the science behind it. Okay. But I do that, so it's not it's not a f- proper fast because I have yeah. consumed something. But actually, consuming the fats, all that does is it just says, okay, we're moving to fats now. There's no there's yeah. no carbs coming, and then the caffeine just gives you that kind of stimulation. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I think that's probably I think that's a 
it's between 16 and 20 hours and then there'll be four or five hours where I consume all my all my food completely yeah. but I don't do this every day I do yeah. this once a week because my goals are to grow and get bigger so it just wouldn't work for me and to do this every day especially if you're in a it's kind of a smart move because you're in a calorie surplus right because it, well, it depends what time of your um, you know eating schedule you are you know in the week but if you're trying to overeat it just makes sense to give yourself that time just to kind of let your digestive system have a little bit of a rest. Yeah, even exactly. if it is I'm, I'm 16, 20 hours. I'm caning so. it every day, right? I'm feeding yeah. myself constantly. So as, as you say, giving it some time some to rest. chill yeah. is good. But I couldn't do it every day because I couldn't get... I couldn't eat the amount of food I need to eat yeah. within that, that window yeah. every single day. It just It's just too much. So moving on to the next one, which is a two to three day fast. Obviously, it's what I'm doing at the moment. So you wouldn't you wouldn't do this as frequently as you do intermittent fasting. So I would do a two to three day fast. I'm hoping to maybe do this once a year, twice a year. Yeah. Okay. And that's a long term um, fast for me. And I'm just going to see how I feel and how I get on with it. I think that's, that's good idea because you've got to understand that fasting for all the benefits we've just described is a stress on the system, right? So you are, you're, you're taking away this, this, this constant fuel your body's used to. And it's having to go into protective mode. It's having to slow itself down. It's yeah. having to preserve. And it is a stress on the system. And therefore, this idea of long fasts, um, you want to you want to schedule those in infrequently. Definitely. I would say as a maximum, probably once a quarter. But I think probably twice a year is probably better. Yeah. Two to three days, whatever you can muster. Yeah. But you can mix that kind of fasting schedule, which is a big fat commitment, it is, yeah. with the idea of intermittent fasting totally, yeah. once a week or once a fortnight, or as frequently as you want, quite frankly, where you just give yourself a time to chill and your body yeah. to eliminate its waste and for you just to get into this cognitively sharp place. And I'll, I'll tell you what, when, the reason I do intermittent fasting is because I, well, I do it when I feel I need to do it because um, you're a little bit more structured when you do it, whereas I just do it when I feel I need to. Yeah. I feel like I've been overeating. I just go, you know what? I just my body needs a bit of a break. Good shout. That's good. So mixing between the two, that's great. So if you want to start and manage um, fasting, time it well. Make sure you check your diary. You got to commit, and 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 when I say commit, you got to commit. So don't. I'm gonna say I might do it for you know if you're doing a three day fast, doing three days. Don't say, I'll try out two days. If you're gonna do two days, just commit to two days. But make sure you commit and get your mindset, get your you know head in the game and speak to your social circle, your husband, your sister, whoever you live with, just make sure they're on board. Um, and I think that commitment is, is, is important, right? Because massively. it's not just saying, I am going to commit to this thing that's going to own me. Yeah. Instead, you own it, yeah. right? You, don't, you are not saying, I am in a period of abstinence, I can't get food, you know, woe is me. No, I am choosing, I've got food abundantly around me i can eat whenever i want i am choosing to do something good for me i am in control and i'm going to go this period of time because i know there's going to be benefit to me and i want to show myself and show those around me yeah that i can i can live optimally and i can live and i can be normal and not have this crutch which is constant feeding and it's quite liberating to say i'm yeah. going to do it yeah. i'm going to commit to doing it and i know i can eat at any point but i'm choosing not to and then when you commit to it and you, you complete it, it's amazing. And I, I think as well, food and cravings, they control us far too much. So the fact that, like you just said there, we're controlling our cravings and 
having the willpower to do it is very you know i think that's where you kind of almost get that euphoric feeling from as well so obviously mindset is so important you can add in a bulletproof coffee um check out steve's blog for that um on adaptnation.io and and the last thing i just want to cover is training guidance so i want to make sure that you're aware of you know when you're fasting you're not going you know balls to wall you're making yeah. sure that you or what I do is I do a lot of mobility, a lot of stretching, whilst the inflammation is low in the joints and I feel good, I'm just going to do a lot of stretching, body weight stuff, just nothing too strenuous and that's it. So you, you don't you don't want to be trying to set PRs yeah. or do, you know, hip training. I mean, you can do, but you've just got to understand that your body is in, in, a, in a level of stress, not eating. Exactly. The last thing you want to do is trying to do something glycolytic, which is the need for glucose if you don't have glucose in your body. Mm-hmm. Because ketones don't burn as fast and aren't as readily available as glucose. And it will need to go towards your protein stores. You don't yeah. want to do that. So I would say, I would agree with you. I mean, I, I've noticed anecdotally when I when I fast, I can get, I feel a little bit colder. I yeah. can sometimes get a little bit trembly. Um, and I, I absolutely feel a little bit weaker. Mm-hmm. Not weaker as in, I feel like I'm on death's door. Just not as you know my muscles don't feel as tight and strong and ability to just throw myself at stuff i feel a little yeah. bit um delicate a little bit delicate and you're going to feel that so the last thing you're going to want to do is go go into a really heavy demanding beast mode gym yeah. session it's just so not going to work just anymore. got less in the intensity and I, although i'm feeling great right now mentally but like you say physically i can feel i'm a little bit drained i'm not feeling as strong so definitely something to take in uh, consideration so any is, is that it? So, so in terms of um, kind of managing the process, time it well. Yeah. Commit and be in control of this decision. No, it's your decision and you can eat at any point, but you're choosing not to because you know the benefits to your body. Yeah. Um, make sure that, you know, you control your social circle and they're aware of the thing, what you're doing and why you're doing it and don't, you know, bow down to social pressure and understand how best to train if yeah. you are going to train just so you don't put too much stress on the body i think that's great coaching Definitely. all righty um we have covered that i think that that was pretty comprehensive yeah. and hopefully helpful to everyone listening we are going to do this uh podcast again next week yeah next week we're going to talk about um the training program that we actually put together that we got those hyper workouts to yeah the january ver- versions of those um, lots of questions coming in saying it's great, but I want to know the reps. I want to know the, I want to know how many sets. I want to know the kind of weight and RPE you're using. You so know the reasoning behind how much rest period. Yeah. Why am I doing it? So we're going to cover that. Um, I would also go and check out the Bulletproof Coffee blog on our um, website because that may be helpful as a way to intermittent fast with just that little aid. Um, and yeah, I was we were talking about Instagram. Go check us out on Instagram. Go follow us on Instagram. Help support the cause of us making that a big thing for us. And hopefully we'll add a lot of value there. Go and check out your uh, lovely pink trousers. And the pink trousers <laughs> too. Yeah, and the selfies. They're coming. Yeah. So, okay. All righty, guys. Until next time, you have been with Adapt Nation. You know, we're all about providing you the tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. <laughs>